Mindfulness mode. Stay focused when uh, they set their targets. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, I'm here with a very successful coach who has uh, won gold medals. She's uh, done a lot of coaching with rowing, and uh, we're going to find out a lot more about what she does with her coaching, and I'm very impressed. I read uh, some Uh, material that she wrote in a book called Winning Mindset and she wrote a chapter in this book and that's uh, how I uh, got to know Anastasia. I'm here today with Anastasia Pavlatu and Anastasia are you in mindfulness mode today? Um, Yes a little bit. (laughs) Okay that's good. So Anastasia what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness uh, when you want to do something and you have to stay focused in that you want to, su- to succeed. You don't have to be distracted and uh, you don't have to judge yourself. You have to be positive about uh, what you want to do. Exactly. That's that's certainly uh, what I believe as well. And I want to share with Mindful Tribe, I want to share your bio tell a little bit more about you. Anastasia Pavlatu is a rowing coach and athlete having achieved over 80 medals in rowing including both indoor rowing and coastal rowing. Coastal rowing is a more extreme adventurous form of rowing usually taking place along a sea coast and out into the rough sea waters resulting in exhilarating speed and thrills. So I'm very interested to talk to you Anastasia about that. She has a degree in sports management as well as a degree in business administration. She has expertise in the topic of stress having specifically studied pre-race stress in rowing athletes. She's also well-versed in the languages of English, French, Greek, and sign language. So, Anastasia, thanks very much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you a lot for your invitation. Yeah, you're welcome. So, what got you into rowing? How did that become an interest to you in your life? How does rowing come to my life? Um, my cousins uh, started uh, rowing, and uh, they asked me to to go with them. So I love a lot this uh, sport, and uh, I started as an athlete, and I continued uh, as a coach and as an athlete too. Yeah, how old were you when you started rowing? Uh, I was when I started. I was uh, 15 years old. Okay. Then yes, I continued and I continue until now. Yeah, and your your bio says you've you've earned over 80 medals in rowing. That's a lot of medals. Yes, I participated in a lot of races, in a lot of races, especially national championships and other local races here in Greece. Cool. Now. Tell me about coastal rowing. This is something I was not familiar with until I I looked it up. When did you first start uh, coastal rowing and becoming interested in that? I took, uh, I participated in uh, 2016, if I remember well, when uh, it took place uh, in Thessaloniki and it was uh, 
a worldwide uh, championship and, and uh, it was my first experience i have never uh, participated or i have never heard of this sport because it is a new one and uh, after that uh, i took uh, part at uh, france and uh, then in some local races uh, at thessaloniki and and uh, about uh, two months ago um, at Thessaloniki, it was held uh, the first national championship where I took part, and uh, with my co-athlete, we won the second prize. You did second prize. You must have been so proud of that. Yeah, I'm very proud. Yeah. So, how scary is it? I mean, it sounds like a very risky sport. It depends because uh, at Thessaloniki the weather wasn't uh, very bad. The waves uh, are not so huge, but okay, it's a very nice experience. So when I researched it, it said it's a very different technique than it is if you're doing ordinary rowing. What's What are the differences? There are a lot of differences. First of all, uh, the boats are different. We use different oars. Uh, the technique is different because you have to make like uh, a slalom. Uh, it depends the race because there is the sprint uh, coastal uh, rowing and uh, uh, the, the long distance, about four and six kilometers. So uh, you have to make like a slalom between uh, the pun, um, the, the signs that there are in the sea, and you have to make like the skiers like a slalom in the sea and uh, uh, you have to work a little bit with your body when you have to turn over the the signs and then in the sprint uh, coastal rowing you have to run when you start and when you finish you have to run in the beach before you enter in the boat how far do you have to run uh, about uh, 15 meters it's not uh, it's a not very far. Distance. Well, that's interesting. So you run and then you get on the boat. And how many people are on the boat with you? Uh, it depends the, the sport. If you are a single, a solo, double or quadruple. Okay. What is the medal that you've won that you're most proud of, that you were most excited about winning? Uh, it was a race with another girl. We, we ran for a double skiff and we were... Uh, about to win between the third and the fourth position. The competitors were very close to us and there are a lot of voices around us. And uh, we were very close every, especially for the last uh, 250 meters. And finally, when we heard the, the beep when you end the race, and it was amazing because we were waiting for the results because we didn't know who won. And when we heard our, uh, the name of our team, we were very happy. <laughs> wow. When was that? It was about um, seven, seven years. Right. Wow. It was uh, very nice because I felt that I, was, uh, I, I didn't have any more energy, power, nothing. I had uh, given everything <laughs> I had even mentally and uh, bodily. Right. Well, 
What I found out about you in this book, Winning Mindset, and the subtitle of the book is uh, Elite Strategies for Peak Performance. I was very impressed because I have never interviewed a rower before. So I'm, I'm really interested in, in the rowing that you do, but also the coaching that you do. And one of the things that you said in the article is that you said by drafting a plan, athletes are able to define how they will be able to fulfill their dreams, which in the future will become goals. And I always thought that you set goals first. But based on that sentence, you don't set goals until later. You create a plan and then you, you start to fulfill your dreams. So is that true? You don't start with goals? First of all, you should have dreams. Afterwards, you have to turn your dreams into goals because, okay, everyone has a dream. But uh, uh, if you don't do anything, you cannot uh, achieve your your dream, let's say. So you have turned your dream into a goal. And uh, you have to put small targets, you know, um, long... Um, uh, you have to... Put first of all small targets and then to become to longer tar targets. Uh, so uh, if you want to succeed in something, you have to focus on yourself. You have to be clear what you want to do. And uh, you have to push a little bit yourself. Not stay only on what you want to do. You have to stress yourself a little bit more because you want something so if you want to if you want to do something you have to be stressful right there has to be some stress involved short term and long term targets you have to put on yourself and uh, if you want to succeed in long term tar targets first of all you have to succeed in short term targets that makes sense during your your short term targets you may have some failures so you have to overcome and uh, you have to continue if you want to succeed. Right, and you have to be careful that those failures don't pull you down too much, correct? Yes, of course, but you know, sometimes, not sometimes, most time, a failure uh, give you, gives you more power and then strengthens you more, so you have to, to, to keep on, don't stop. You need the coach, you need the great environment around you, you have uh, you need people to to help you to support you to continue your goal yeah you talked about how you really need your targets to be very specific and you have to be careful the targets are not too broad and general right yes of course you have to be uh, you have that's why I told that you that you have to make a draft you have to write down what you want to do. For example, I want to participate uh, in a local uh, race, for example. So you have to say what I want to do in that local race. I want to become first and how I, I and how can I come first? I have to do, for example, five days uh, practice or uh, I have to, to study some things, to do a uh, weightlifting and things like that, to do more uh, running. Right. Organize your practice. Uh, yourself and your coach have to be a support to you. 
And you have every time you have to write down what you did. So the next time you have to follow the same program, you have to be well organized and check what you did. So next time you have to be better. Right. Yeah. You emphasize the importance of writing them down, writing them down. It's really important to write them down. Right. Because then it goes into your brain. Yes. Because you, when you write down what you want to do or what you have done or things like or uh, what you want to do, you have to write them because sometimes, you know, one of our senses uh, is more uh, great. So when your eyes see what you wrote, it's uh, it's more uh, easy to to uh, to turn it uh, to to see it and understand what is what you want. Let's talk about visualization. You talked about that in the book. What can we do using visualization to make this process work more effectively? Visualization is when you try during your practice to react like being in a race. For example, to not only uh, in the way of technique or uh, how to organize, for example, the two kilometers that it is a race of rowing, that uh, how you behave. For example, if something happens, what are you going to do? Are you going, you have to, to have another plan to continue. So it is very important to be a focus on what you are doing during your practice and how you are feeling. You have to to develop a, a a mindset positive, not negative. So it is very useful during your practice to try to control that and improve it day by day until the last day when the race arrives. Exactly, yeah. You were very clear in in your writing about how important it is to visualize and you were also very clear about something else you said it's really important to have support from family environment tell us about that i feel I, as an athlete it is very important to me to have my family and friends or people who are positive to what i am doing and to understand that it is very important and uh, and that I need their help to support me. Uh, so my family and my coach have to be there, have to be my positive mind. Because you know, when uh, during a race, you have a, a mixture of, uh, of feeling, of feelings, some negative, some positives. So you need an environment that uh, pushes your positive feelings to get out. Right. That makes sense. Let's talk about the children that you work with. You told me that you work with a lot of children. Do you work with them one-on-one? Do you work with them in groups? What does that look like? In groups. And how old are the children? Uh, they, they are uh, 11 years old until uh, to 14, 15 years old. And are all of those children involved in rowing? Yes. Okay. So... How do they find you? How do you get connected? It is my team. And uh, they watch on television rowing and they ask their parents to come and learn rowing. Right. And so are all these children uh, close to you physically or do you sometimes coach people online? 
they are in groups and then uh, during the practice you uh, you you try to correct or to learn one by one you have to learn them first of all what is uh, the athlete the the sport of rowing of rowing then you have to teach them the technique of rowing and then apart from the boat you have uh, the ergometer so you have to le- to teach them ergometer too have you ever had anybody move to Greece so that you could coach them? Yes, I, we had some people because especially in uh, summer, they came for their, their, their vacations. And so because our club is very close to sea and they come for their walk and things and, you know, bicycle. And so they see the, the club and they ask to come for a month or two months during their vacation. And yes, I coach some people, not a lot, but some, yes. Sure. Can you tell us about somebody that you've coached who has really met with success in a big way? Uh, There are some athletes who came and uh, started very, you know, that they don't know if they like the rowing, if they want to continue but during the practice and the, the way that my club uh, react uh, uh, to athletes and they liked it a lot. And yes, we have uh, especially adults uh, who begin as um, first experiencing people and they continue as, uh, as, athlete, as athletes for championship. Right. I think it's very important uh, that... Uh, uh, there is the the team, the world team in our club. We are like a team or like a family, I would say. Right, right. The, if the climate, if the environment is very um, like a family, you know, you get affected and you like it and you want to stay there and you press your, you push yourself and you want to to be a better athlete because you get influenced by other athletes. Sure. Are there some other sports that people move on to from rowing? Is there, is there a natural like transition to another sport from rowing? It is the running. Is it? Okay. Yes, because, uh, you know, during uh, rowing, you, you work a lot uh, on uh, aerobic. So it is, uh, let's say, easier to go to such a sport, especially long distances in running. Yes, there are a lot of athletes. And, uh, you know, as an athlete too, uh, I participated in running races. Are you still a runner? Yes, sometimes uh, if I have time, yes. <laughs> right, sure. Because it, it is a part of our, uh, uh, of our practice. Okay, I see. So how long do you usually run if you go out for a run? It depends of, uh, uh, of the program we have each day. For example, maybe a day you have to run uh, about 10 kilometers, other day five, uh, you know, it depends. Sure, sure. So what is it about being a coach for rowing that excites you the most? Uh, First of all, uh, I like, I love rowing. (laughs) So it is the the first factor. Um, Secondly, I like a lot uh, children. I like to be in contact with uh, children. And uh, I would say that I love what I do. I love to coach uh, athletes. I love to be 
uh, in a team with adults or with children. Uh, I love to be part of a team. I love to transfer my knowledge to others. Yeah, sure. Do you find that there are an equal number of boys and girls, or is this a sport that attracts more more women or more men? It depends. There are some years that we have more boys and other years that we have more girls. I don't know <laughs> what is the reason, but yes, sometimes the boys are more and other times girls. Right. No, what is uh, why this uh, happens? Interesting. Yeah. I know that you're on LinkedIn and that yes. Mindful Tribe, you can just type in Anastasia's name, uh, Pablo Tu in uh, LinkedIn, A-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-A is Anastasia. And your last name is P-A-V-L-A-T-O-U. And you're also on Instagram, isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. And we can just type in your name on Instagram and find you? Yes, of course. Yeah, sure. That sounds great. N-A-T-A-S-A. Okay. N-A-T-A-S-A. Yes. Okay, great. And that's on Instagram that we, we do that. Now, I always ask a question about bullying. I want to know if you have a story. Were you ever bullied? Or do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? The truth is uh, I have never had the story of bullying. I just don't, I can only tell you about, you know, when uh, uh, young children, young children start uh, rowing, you know, they are a little bit the uh, same full size and they cannot be part of a team. So some children that they are uh, sure about themselves, satisfied, you know, they can stand on their uh, foot they can be part of a team but others you have to you have to make a lot of effort to to make them part of your team of the team i can i can only see that uh, some children have a difficulty to get involved and what do you do with them to help them get that team spirit i try to you know to make to be the person who uh, introduce this child in the team to tell uh, tell him the names of the other athletes, uh, to give him some uh, like uh, to take some uh, um, primitives and to talk. You know, some people want to to be to to feel safe where they are. So if you want, if you can boost them a little bit. I feel that then they can develop themselves themselves in the team. Very interesting. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person that has been an inspiration to you? One person who has maybe helped you be more focused or more mindful? I would say my father. Okay. And let's let's talk about emotions. How has the work that you've done and being mindful helped you deal with your own emotions? When I started, it was very difficult. But uh, as the year passes, I understood what I need to do. So, yes, I feel 
Uh, I felt that the last years I am more, uh, I have a more positive thing, uh, way of thinking. Ah, very good. Let's talk about breathing. How important is breathing for being a successful athlete? And, and what are some of your breathing practices? What are your comments on, on the importance of breathing? Breathing is very important, especially for our sport, because you need to breathe a lot. And uh, yes, breathe is a very important factor, especially before a race, because you have to control your breath. You have to, to practice it during uh, before a race. So you have to learn how to breathe. Your book, Winning Mindset, is a very, very interesting book. And I really enjoyed reading the chapter that you wrote in this book. I want to ask you, are there any other books that you would recommend that can help people get focused and have a winning mindset? I don't have any book. I only can tell you that I have started now a new book about uh, the, the nun who sells his Ferrari of Sarma, you know? Yeah, I do. That book I have uh, started and um, I liked it. I didn't finish it yet, but it's an interesting book. Yeah, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and it's by Sharma, right? Yeah, I'll put that in our show notes. Are there any apps that either you use or you recommend to the people you coach that can help? I didn't use any apps because because of your uh, because I I tried to find some apps and I find one about uh, inner time set if I remember well something insight timer yeah insight timer yes yes but no I don't use any applications uh, I just try to find uh, my own methods to control either my stress, my anxiety and things like that. But it is very close to the inside timer when you want to relax or when you are stressful or you have uh, nervous, you can uh, listen to music. And it is a great uh, opportunity that uh, gives you energy, but relax you too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Feeling, especially, for example, uh, during, uh, before a race, I used to listen to music, but in certain uh, songs that I like and that I know that they, they boost, they will give me energy power to be, to uh, fulfill my race. What's one song that really gives you energy and power? Uh, uh, it's uh, The Numb. It's a great song, but it is, okay, it's a little, it's not a slow song, yeah. but a nice song. Great. Anastasia, it's really been exciting to talk to you. I've really enjoyed it. I want to ask you, before we wrap up the interview, if you have any words of advice for any athlete out there who is just working hard, trying to be successful, and they're, they're experiencing some challenges, what would your words of advice be to that person? Uh, first of all, as I said to my athletes, to enjoy what he did what he wants to do. First of all, if you are enjoyed about what you choose, then you're going to be happier. 
Secondly, I would, I would say to stay focused when uh, they set their targets. And lastly, uh, to not to get disappointed when they fail. That's good advice. Yeah, because we all experience failure at one time or another in life, that's for sure. And if we can learn from that, that's even better. As I have, uh, I have uh, watched in a documentary, they said that when you take a lot of no's, then the, the, when the yes will come would be, the, would be um, a great yes. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks again for joining us here on Mindfulness Mode. Great to have you with us, Mindful Tribe. And uh, hey, you should check out my Instagram Reels. I'm working hard at getting more content out there on Instagram and also TikTok. So I'd love it if you checked out my channel. Just use, just go to my name, Bruce Langford. Check out my channel. It'd be great if you uh, left a comment or uh, shared something. Now, of course, you can always email me, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com, and I'd love to hear from you. So take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. <laughs>